2: Welcome back for another OG show live. Mr. Randall, how
0: you doing? What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Reel Down.
3: Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for me. Hi boys and girls, welcome to
4: once again Bass Kack Advance Brother this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, chasing the tide. Your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome
3: podcast. back, everyone! Another episode of Feather and Fur. Your host. Welcome back to the mindset. I'm your host, Crystal.
2: Hey, welcome back to Off the Water.
4: Happy. Susie Q here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast.
2: We're brought to you by pelican built tough for all situations go to pelican.com eastport marina on the beautiful shores of dale hollow lake for all your lodging kayaking go to eastport.info yak gadget for all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs go to yakgadget.com.
3: welcome back everyone another episode of feather and fur and tonight we have on dave palmer From Punisher Waterfall, welcome to the show, Dave.
4: Hey, how's it going?
3: It's going good. Talking to you again. I mean, to all the listeners out there. I don't know if they tuned in last time. Dave is also on the new canoe team with me, and we did a waterfall slash deer hunting episode in the kayak. So, figure bring Dave on, and we'll just do some waterfall talk.
4: Yeah, I remember (laughs) that was a good time there. Be you and Schiller. Yeah. (laughs)
3: It's always a good time when chiller's around us. Nice. It's good to have some backup, so when you can pick on him, he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to take him in this and be like, "Hey, listen to the opening."
4: Yeah, he'll appreciate it, right? It's it's mad, it's mad love. That's all it is.
3: He's probably he's probably still upset. He came up here for deer hunting. And he he saw one doe. That's all he saw all day. And I was done eighteen minutes into the season. I get a text that says "F you, Brad." <laughs> did you at least take him over some ducks um he he we were deer focused after he was cold and he's like you know what i'm just gonna go home and hunt by me so he left (laughs) i'm going home (laughs) pretty much i want i should i should start call i should change his name in our group chat to to cartman (laughs) i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that tonight i'm gonna change it to cartman is he'd be like who changed it to Cartman be like, I did, because <laughs> F you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> That's oh. hilarious. But no, um, like the season like abruptly came to an end, but it's going to, I think it'll be okay. Yesterday, I went out and did a bunch of scouting. It got real cold Sunday night, eight degrees, no wind. Oh, yeah. So all the marshes locked up. I went and checked the big river by me, the Wisconsin River, and that was a slushicle rolling. Like there wasn't even clean water on the river. I'm like, oh, figured for sure the season was going to be over, but got warm out last night. Warm. It got almost 40 day with the sun. So the river's clean at least. And I'm hoping maybe some marshes might be able to open le- back up a little bit to at least we can get back into them. Cause there's still birds around. They're just hanging out in the middle of the lakes now, which you just can't do anything about. Yeah.
4: Did you guys, like, it just seemed like here, normally you get that, like, it takes a month for you to get into the, actual snow staying on the ground this year i don't know if you guys had the same thing but it was just like you kind of woke up one morning you went oh i guess i should put my summer clothes away like it was just the weirdest year i don't know
3: it was same here because i want to say it was two weeks ago it was 70 degrees out yeah like and all of a sudden like we have snow we got snow day after day after day we had snow for deer hunting which i remember snow deer hunting before but it was just crazy because you're right. It was like it was 70 degrees two weeks ago, and now it's cold. There's guys ice fishing, by me.
4: Yeah, it's not like that here. <laughs> We're not that cold yet. So, <laughs> wow. Oh, well, I. Yeah, it was. It's just. It almost came in too fast, and I'm wondering if those birds are just going to come, and not stage. Like you know how normally they kind of follow that frost line, the good birds. I right. kind of follow that this year. I'm just, I haven't been able to hunt. I haven't been, I haven't been scouting much just cause I didn't know if I'd hunt this year. And I'm kind of wondering, are those birds just going to like one day and gone? You know what I mean? We'll see.
3: We have a lot. I mean, after that cold snap, our bird numbers are pretty low right now. I mean, I'll continue, I'll push through the rest of the season, but it is, I don't see any spectacular or phenomenal hunts happening. Honestly,
4: no, but Hey, but I'd rather be out hunting than going to work or anything. You know what I'm saying?
3: Agreed. And I have off all week too. We got that big cold snap. I was real concerned. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not in the mood to start ice fishing yet. Like it's still hunting season in my mind. Yeah. Like start texting buddies. I'm like, what's it like in Illinois? <laughs> I'll drive <laughs> <Yeah>. south. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: This year might've been a great year to chase that. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. Hmm. I yeah, might have just, to think about that just crazy crazy year it seems like it was just here and go i mean i didn't it it feels really that way for me especially on the ducks i spent so much of my october in the beginning of november just focused on grouse hunting like i was invited to be a guide at the rough rough grouse society's grouse camp i took a dog trainer out for his first time we had our grouse camp i was up another weekend on top of that so pretty much focused all of october on grouse then september rolled around Last weekend was gun deer. So I've only been out for two weekends and it's like the season ends in like, what what was that? Like nine days, 10 days, something like that. I'm like, man, Uh, I missed an entire waterfall season this year.
4: Yeah. So if you could have, how many days do you think would have been good hunting out of your boat this year? Like, do you think you could have got the whole season or is it, you're kind of stuck there's no boating right now?
3: No, I can get out on the boat right now. Um, Very select waters. Yeah. Now you'd be able to see some marshes open back up, um, especially if there's some current, like if there's a current running through there, I think they'll open back up. Might have to ch- chop your way with an ax through to get the boat in the in the water. But once you get the boat in, I think you'll be able to break some stuff open. So season yeah. started September 1st for Teal, shut down, opened back up the first weekend in October, basically. So if you wanted to focus on waterfall, you would have had a solid, Almost two months with teal season of being able to get out there.
4: Yeah, because it stayed warm, right? Yeah. yeah. So, fortunately for me, so for those that don't know, I'm in Ontario, Canada, and we don't have that split teal season where where people are shooting wood ducks, thinking they're teal. And yeah, <laughs> what about rainbow teal? Yeah, rainbow teal. I
5: mean?
4: Yeah, the the mullet teal.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: haven't heard them called the mullet teal yet. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, like we don't have that here it's just season opens on the 25th of september and it goes right through till the end of december first week of january somewhere in there and yeah we don't have to worry about that early teal and all that stuff sure
3: when did you say your season opened
4: september 25th
3: that's a long season
4: yeah so the way it works here is we have um we have an early goose season okay and then it shuts down for about a week and then it opens back up goose and ducks and uh, yeah then we kind we do both of those so and then ducks run through like an extra week in december and geese shuts down just after christmas sometime or just around christmas i'm not a big goose guy as soon as ducks are open that's what i want to hunt right right so yeah but
3: interesting so like in wisconsin we've got that early teal which is um the first through the 10th and then that runs at the same time. We have an early goose season, which is the 1st to the 15th. Yeah. Then all of that closes somewhere in there. There's a youth hunt, which is a two-day duck hunt for youth. And then our northern zone opens normally the last weekend of September and runs straight 60 days, no splits. And the southern zone will open the first weekend normally in October for 10 days, I think it is. And then it does a week off and then runs for the remainder of those 60 days Yeah. then in december don't quote me on the days and if you hunt in wisconsin look at your regulations because i don't know this off the top of my head we've got a late goose season which i think is something like i don't know the 20th through like the 5th or like the 24th through the 5th or something like that it's like a week and a half in the end of december
4: yeah see then we have another late goose season that's in like it doesn't affect my area, so I don't know the exact dates. It's like February, March, somewhere in there. And that's for all the places that during goose season, if you can't shoot, there's there's specific spots that you can't shoot on Sundays. So those places get an extra week in like February or March, kind of when the migration is coming back, you know?
1: Interesting. So it's kinda,
4: yeah, it's kind of neat. It, I haven't really got into it because I would have to drive like 45 minutes just to start finding spots. Sure. and then But everyone's going there, right? So it's just like, yeah.
3: it's it's, right because everybody's combined in this little area now that wants to get back out in spring
4: if you look at the wmu map which ones are affected i guess it's not really it's more township based there's not very many spots left so we're starting to get more and more sundays back so um it's not a lot of places but yeah it's something that can happen here
3: it's a shame it's got to be on a bird that's got like no plumage for spring right I mean, yeah. what I wouldn't love to be able to like have one duck of any species to be able to take it in April.
4: Right. And just like, like, okay, this year I want a you know, a wood duck to be mounted this year. I want to, right. right. Like,
3: oh. exactly.
4: Yeah. Now are you guys finding, I, we don't know about this year, but like last year and the year before it was so warm, like until later on in the season that, that it almost seemed like season closed. And then that's when the birds started piling in, right this year might be a bit different, but the last few years, it almost seemed like they should shift season a couple weeks. Right.
3: Yes. Um, I feel like there's such a big double-edged sword there. I mean, we still had quite a bit of open water at the end of last year and the last week was some of my best hunts. And then like the season closes and there's no more pressure and all the birds get to relax. And like, I think it really exaggerates the numbers that were there, but I really think, that second to third weekend of October is really when we normally historically see our big push and whether it feels or seems like it or not. I think the numbers really do overall do show that. Yeah.
4: I guess my big question would be if you could sacrifice two weeks from your start of the season to get one extra week at the end of the season, would you do it?
3: No, I, no. I, I wouldn't. Cause let's look over the past five years we're getting lucky where things might start to come back. But I mean, right now we're ice fishing in Southern Wisconsin,
4: right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: 2019. I was ice fishing on November 16th.
4: Yeah. That's not me.
3: So the averages tell me that it's probably pretty good where it's at.
4: Yeah. Good. No, that's just a debate we've been talking about up here lately that. Sure. So I was like, you know what? I'll get a Wisconsin little feedback into this just to see what you guys think right
3: I mean it so. depends who you talk to because we keep bouncing around because we have three different zones this year it's the Great Lakes zone the northern zone and the southern zone the year before there was a Mississippi River zone but there was so much uproar about that we went to a Great Lakes zone and there there is a constant fight in Wisconsin for who wants the later season yeah I mean there really is I mean last year I Mississippi went later this year the Great Lakes goes later but, like, you talk to the guys that love to chase divers, they're like, all that's left is golden eyes. Like, what the hell's the point? Why are we hunting? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, I don't want to go out there and shoot a bunch of golden eyes. Like, I want to go out there and shoot cool ducks.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's so I, I, I like, I don't know. I, I feel like you're never going to please everyone.
4: No. And, and when it's coming down to just golden eyes and buffle heads, you're kind of like, ah, it's kind of, it's kind of really cold out. Like, eh.
3: <laughs> agreed, hundred percent. Right? Like, yeah. it's like, do I really want to go out there in a layout boat when it's cold and shoot a bunch of golden eyes or, or you're right Buffalo? I'm like, no, not really. I no, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want to. I don't want to take the drama mean because I don't feel like it motions. Like, I don't feel like the seasickness after. Like, no, I just don't yeah. want to do it.
4: Yep. Now one mallard in that spread. Yeah, I'm going. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Ooh, that's a big boy. He's staying around now. I'm coming out yet.
3: So yeah, yeah you get a, you get a couple of those shore mallards that hang out in the open water and they decide to swing through and then it's different. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've, I've, so- I've got a kind of a crazy goal for now. Like, I don't know why because it's so like ridiculous, but this year like, where I was hunting, we just had a ton of coots, just a ridiculous amount of coots. And I was joking with a buddy. And I think next year we're going to try it. I really want to put a two-man limit of coots on the front of my boat. Yeah. That's 30. That's There's 15 each in Wisconsin. That's 30.
4: Yeah. Just a
3: big old pile of coots.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Then what do you do with them, though?
3: I'm going to try. I'll make make my own sausage. I'll try making them into sausage.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Just mix them with like 90% pork.
3: Yeah, mix it with some pork and <laughs> a lot of seasoning. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: No. yeah. There's, um, we yeah. had that last year, tons and tons of coots. And I was like, oh man, these things are just like, there's so many that at times you're like, are there other birds even going to want to land here? Right. Sure. Well, then some of the youth hunters were starting to come in and, and, you know, they're up here, the first year that they can shoot by themselves is, I think it's 16 years old. Okay. They can use their gun by themselves. So it's like, a bunch of sixteen-year-olds come out and they're seeing all these birds and they're just like going to town. Like every day, they're like, "Yeah, we're getting limits there." And I'm like, "Yeah, keep going, bud. That's awesome. That's yeah." So,
3: uh, what? I'm curious to you know what they did. They, I mean, I remember the first time when I first started duck hunting. We were, oh boy, that was a long time ago. But I mean, I knew some waterfall ID, like I knew like diver, but I didn't know what was what really right. And I remember, buddy, and I got into some Meganzers, Oh and yeah. I remember just trying to breast them. I'm like this thing smells like snails. Yep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> These
3: are horrible. Yeah.
4: Anytime I think of the, have you seen that episode where, um, I think it's Remy Warren and, um, Steven Rinella cook up a coyote. And he's like, have you seen that? And he's like, I oh, think I, so. Yeah. And he, he's taking a bite of it and he's just like, that bite just tasted like what a coyote smells like. And oh. then every time that I go to eat, like think of shooting a mergans or I just think of that clip, like, that bite of mergansers tastes just like they smell right like that's right oh i can't do yeah. it
3: yeah yeah no we don't, i don't shoot those anymore i mean no. right. i i've never had coot i mean i try making them into sausage i mean who knows i mean it might be decent you put them you put it yeah. but yeah i know a buddy that he does all that diver hunting and they, they get plenty of mergansers. like he takes a bunch of people out and they don't like so mergansers and buffalo heads and blue bills and golden eyes and it all this goes in a big pile gets ground and made into sausage and it's actually pretty damn good
4: yeah yep and i shot a coot last year i'll admit um and i just put it in with the with the grounds and it worked sure. right like that that worked for me um do you guys are you guys allowed to shoot cormorants down there
3: yeah we are yeah yeah that's, no 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 are we holy God. no i don't think we are
4: yeah. That's just started up here.
3: No, we're not. No, we can't I want to shoot say comarattes. two two years
4: ago or say two years ago or so. And those are just like the dis- most disgusting things ever. Right. So I don't know a chef that would cook one. Really?
3: <laughs> They're
4: gross birds.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, we can't shoot comrades. Those things drive me crazy though. When I'm out on the Mississippi river, cause they fly real similar to a goose. Some like a tie, th- like yeah. Just like a super quiet goose. And until you get the right angle and you can see that long neck. Like, I don't know. They got that real similar like wing beat to them.
4: Oh, yeah. And I it's just always, love, yeah. I love watching them when they're in the trees and then they put their, their wings out and they're just like, I own this shit, right? So, <laughs>
3: yeah. no, we can't hunt those here. I was thinking, what was I thinking of? Now I got to look. I don't remember what I was thinking of.
1: No matter where you are, discover your next adventure on Fishing
0: Booker. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium, bovine, and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in. Grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all.
4: Yeah, the Cormorants the just came to Ontario for the... Like
3: I was thinking Moorhead.
4: Oh, Moorhead.
3: Yeah, I was thinking Moorhead.
4: Okay. No. But yeah, it just came in, like, a couple years ago. But those things, like where I normally would hunt the they started showing up there in big numbers and just their acidic crap that they take that the trees are dying or, or dead. Like it's just, they ruined the whole, the picturesque part of the hunt. You know what I mean? So,
3: yeah. Yeah. That, that happened up on the bay, up in green Bay. There' a bunch of like on the islands and whatnot, just like the trees are dying. It's not like they're taking over for sure. So. You got you guys have a sandhill season up by you? No,
4: no, no. I I'm hoping soon though. Um, we'll get them coming in like, and those things will come in like you'll have geese coming in and they'll be coming in like crashing the party like, yeah, this is our this is our feed right? It's just like <laughs> so you can't you can't shoot the geese when the sandhills are there right? Right, so. right. But yeah, every time I see them, I'm just like, mm, that's gonna be delicious in a couple years. So.
3: I haven't I, shot one yet. I haven't. I, I, everyone says they're ribeye of the sky, but I have not had a chance to actually taste one yet.
4: Yeah. If you go out to like Alberta, Saskatchewan area, you'll get some there and there. Yeah. Someone brought one back and, well, brought a bunch back and made burgers out of it. And I was like, this tastes, it tasted really good. And it's unbelievable that that came from something with two wings. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah. So it's something That's- you could, what's that?
3: I was gonna say that's. Cr- I mean, it's crazy to think that a migratory bird like can taste that good. Like, I mean, mallards good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's still a yeah. duck, right? It's still a migratory duck. There's, I wouldn't yeah. say it's gamey, but you can tell it's a wild bird. So yeah,
4: yeah. Everything tastes good wrapped with bacon and jalapeno, right?
3: Right. Exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but these things you can make them into a burger and just perfect. So
3: yeah. that's awesome.
4: Yeah. Now that. I prefer, I like wood ducks myself. Um, the one I haven't tried either is uh, I've, I've tried getting one, but I haven't shot one yet. It was canvas back. They're supposed to taste pretty good, but
3: you know, I've not taken a canvas back. Um, I don't think I've tried it either. Wood duck is one of my favorites for sure. Absolutely. Um, yep. I, teal. I would, teal. I was going to just say blue wing teal or green wing teal also. I mean, yep. I, Nothing against the mallard, but yeah. the three I, teal I mean, species, yeah, <laughs> yeah, green, blue, and green mullet teal yeah. are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, agreed. Um, so yeah, like I normally start my show the same way, but we just started talking. But I am curious though, like it doesn't matter, my show's a my show's a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious, though, because I like to know, like, how did you get into hunting? Um, Do you grow up you grow up hunting, like, with your dad and your grandpas and your family, or did you just kind of get into it on your own?
4: No. Um, so, my grandpa hunted when he was, in, he lived in Scotland, and okay. he emigrated here when my mom was seven years old. And I didn't know that he hunted, because when he came to Ontario, he just, he stopped, right? Um, my dad wasn't a hunter. We didn't have a lot growing up, but we lived on a farm. We had a 12 gauge and a 22 and we get rid of all the, it wasn't hunting. It was more
0: managing the farm, farm.
4: pest control, managing the farm. Right. Right. And then, uh, I still remember in college, like two of the guys in my college course were like, Oh, we're going deer hunting. I'm like, Oh man, I'd like to try that. You know, I'd I'd shoot a deer. And they're like, Oh, you got your licenses. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then that's when I went out and started and went out and got my gun licenses and got my, and then I started, you know, dabbling with the turkeys and chasing them every spring, and and then I took a bit of time off with the kid, you know, having the young kids, and and then that's when I, I was about twenty five when I fell in love with waterfowl. About twenty five, yeah. And that was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, my grandfather, when he was in his last week of life in hospice, there, it was the opening week for goose season. And the only guy around was a good buddy named Dave. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I can hunt. And then I go on my grandpa, be like, you better hunt in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went hunting, came back and like, I'm outside of his, uh, his hospital room, like in the hospital bed, like here's the geese I shot. Right. Cause it was just geese season and he's all happy. And, and then he's like, oh, well, what you got to try. And he's telling me the tactics that they used back in Scotland. And I'm like. What are you talking about? And he's like, Yeah, we used to hunt geese in Scotland. They're pinkfoot goose. And now I'm like, Okay, so that's, yeah, I didn't know that he hunted. Found out like two days before he passed away that he hunted pinkfoot geese. So I got to take a trip to Scotland and shoot a pinkfoot. That's kind of my big.
3: That'd yeah. be awesome.
4: That's that's my goal now. Just waiting for the right time. So COVID kind of put a delay on that. I think things are back to normal, and that's where I'm going at now. That's yeah next, so that's
3: the next big trip scotland that's for the, a pink
4: yeah scotland for a pink that's my big hunting trip like that's some guys are like oh i want a king eider i want this i want that man pink foot goose that's yeah
3: makes sense because that family connection right there like me like oh. if, if i really want a harlequin oh yeah yeah i want one of them clown birds
4: yeah so that'd be fun where are you gonna go for that
3: probably alaska
4: Alaska, yeah, yeah, so that's. I mean, I know
3: they get some that come through the the, like the state of Washington, Mm -hmm. but I feel like your odds are just so much better. You just go, and I haven't been to Alaska either, so I figure kill a couple birds with one stone, check out Alaska, yeah, maybe like try to get a duck hunt, see what I mean. I know they got other bird hunting up there cause I'm a big upland bird hunter. I don't know what their big game seasons are or anything like that, but I've also never shot a moose. I don't know what it takes to pull a tag, but if I can get a tag for that too, I mean,
4: yeah. Alaska kind of like the high fence hunting area for the world. Right. Like, you know, you want to shoot a big deer, like you can go to this high fence place. You want to shoot some wicked ducks, go to high fence, Alaska. Like right. that place is wicked. So, yeah. So yeah. then, um, Four years ago, uh, well, I guess six, eight years ago, Damien, my business partner with Punisher, he put on a the first camp. And then from then on, him and I were in contact. And then finally he's like, Man, this is growing more than I can can deal with and, and I need help. And and so I started I got on with the business there. And since then we've been running with Punisher Waterfowl and just not thinking about anything any other animals but ducks and turkeys in the spring. So yeah.
3: So, for all the listeners of mine that don't know, what is Punisher Waterfall?
4: So, we're, to put it simply, we're like a lifestyle brand that uh, we're trying to connect hunters. It all started with Damien trying to, he wanted to meet more people hunting. He was uh, in the military. When he came back, he wanted to meet people. So, we kind of kept going with that theme. So, now we run camps a couple times a year. Next year, we're going to try three. But I guess, I guess people here, here first. But we're going to try three camps next year. And what that is, is we just take people from, we've now expanded to, we're taking people from all across Canada. We meet up in a hotel and then we go out hunting in the mornings and, and put on a big experience and, and people enjoy it. Um, we run a podcast as well, the union 0430 podcast, um, get guests from all over. It's mainly waterfowl stuff. Sometimes we kind of go off topic, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. So. See, that's
3: like that's one thing I really do love about my show. Like I don't have to worry about topics because it's just anything with feathers or fur. It doesn't matter which way the conversation goes for me. Yeah. Like,
4: <laughs> See, and, and that's I think we we try to keep it waterfowl centric, but then like turkey season. Well, we're gonna talk about turkeys and like how's your turkey season going? And the second right. someone says, "Hey, hey Brad, how's your turkey season going?" Well, it became a turkey podcast, right? Like you're not gonna. <laughs> you're not going to like, how do you come back to ducks? Right. Um, and it's good. It's good to have variety. Uh, but yeah, we try, we try to mainly they do the waterfowl stuff. The thing about the off season we find is that we can get some of the guests that are too busy during waterfowl season, like the guides and stuff like that to talk about, Hey, how does your season go and what's your, what are your plans for next year? Um, sure. But yeah. The, the one we haven't really talked about is, is deer hunting just cause that's, too far left field for right
3: it doesn't even have wings <laughs> like yeah
4: yeah so yeah.
3: so those meetups are those for I know you guys said like he was a veteran wanted of the, the military uh, so are those really military or those veteran focused or is that really just for any new hunters or what are their meetups all about
4: so these it's for anybody um all right we we're finding like we gotta find a better way to do this because like um this year we ran two camps and one was this is our first year we did a co-ed camp um we just never knew how it would go but with having all the i don't mean to sound wrong or anything but having a, a group of females there right we wanted to test it out and see number one would we have enough interest well we had to try it because the female side of the industry is just booming and it's growing so fast and we we want to support that however we can right right so this year was kind of our test run like we did a coed camp where it was going to be just however it filled up we'll try and get half and half and it turned out we had a few couples show up and it was a great time um well i think yeah, i think it was a good time that was when i got covid so yeah <laughs> it was uh yeah i thought i i thought maybe the shotgun rang my head and it turned out my headache was from covid and but oh, um wonderful. yeah it was it was really weird, but everything, everyone else was fine. No one else got it, but, um, that was our first co-ed camp. Uh, and then the second camp is, j- it's basically just first come first serve. Um, we'll post up, Hey, we're going to start this at a certain time. And the first, like, however many say 10, first 10 people to respond, get in. We do try and have a big veteran presence, but, um, we're also trying to support like the veteran organizations, um, veterans to hunters, Um, maritime goose hunters, stuff like that, that do a lot of veteran stuff. Um, we try to support them as much as we can with like giveaways and, and just however we can help. Um, and then also like, if there's ever, ever a veteran that ever wanted to come out, there's five guys on our podcast and not one of us will say no, like we're going to take you out. It's yeah. Thank you. Right. That's kind of what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because I volunteer my time with Wisconsin Hero Outdoors, nonprofit that takes veterans and first responders out kayaking, fishing, and then while we don't do much, hunting gets tricky for them just because of insurance and logistics and stuff like that. But we work with people that are insured and do do like trips on our behalf is really how it works.
4: Okay. Yeah. So so, so maritime goose hunters out of sorry if i get this wrong but they're out east somewhere on one of those rocks um Nova scotia new brunswick one of the two um they take out they post up like hey we've got openings on these days and we're they take veterans out and that's it um we're not guides here sure so so we don't do it that way but like anytime that one of them and first responders too, anytime any right. one of them says hey you know i'd like to come out or I'd, i want to learn hunting how can i Ontario's huge that's the other part right so whenever they're like oh I, I can't get to one of you guys are you coming our way or if they ask a question about it we're gonna if we don't know the answer we're gonna find it we're gonna search high and low and find it right we're not experts but we know quite a bit of people that can help out so yeah that's kind of what we do
3: that's awesome so how's that like so you got these camps you're bringing people together are you like locking down? Are, are you hunting public? Are you locking down a bunch of private for these camps? Kind of a mix of both. I mean, I'm not looking for your secret sauce. I'm just curious how like the camp experience goes. Like,
4: so lately we've been, what we do is we try and focus on Well, we'll, we'll team up with a guide service and okay. they'll for the camps themselves. Um, so fair and foul. They did our last camp and then, um, Highland outfitters did the one before that. Um, both excellent excellent groups excellent people in general right and that's kind of one thing we look for is like people that we can um and then they'll focus on the the bird hunting side of it we'll still help them scout and all that stuff but we're trying to also focus on the camp experience and you know like having good meals and um you know the good experience overall sure. right comedy act basically is what what it comes down to <laughs> so
3: do you guys do any seminars then, like at your camp? Is like there any, like, is it more just like go out hunting, come back, have a meal, share stories, that type of thing. Or like, do you guys do anything seminars? Like, like you want to learn how to blow a duck call, here's a duck call, like, or a goose call or like stuff like that.
4: So the neat thing I found about all of our camps is that we're bringing together so such a diverse group of people that like one person will be like, Hey, you know, I'm my goose calls not sounding good can someone help me out? And then we'll have another person there that they'll help them out tune their goose call, you know, give them a little lesson. Um, it's bringing people together to, and they're learning from each other. And, and then sometimes we'll, it's like scouting for what it actually is. It's damn boring. Right. Right. But you'll get people that like, Hey, can I come? And I, I just want to see what's going on. Yeah, sure. Get in. Let's uh, let's talk about it. We'll, here's what we're doing. And sure there's we're, we're driving we not around wasting fuel <laughs> yeah right we might not show them anything new but you know right. it's part it's part of it um so yeah we, there's there's always it's i guess it's not really so much a seminar as it is just like a a group of people to get together and then the other thing that i'm finding lately is um as soon as we we fill the camps. so we'll fill these camps in july august somewhere in there we'll fill them up we'll make a chat group those chat groups from year over year, they all kind of stay active and they're, ta- they're they're still talking to each other. And we're getting messages in them. Like, Hey guys, I got a hot field tomorrow. I know you're probably all far away, but like, if anyone wants to come out hunting, come on up, you know, you can crash on my couch. And, and that's
3: cool. Like, yeah. like, like your camps are making lifelong relationships.
4: A hundred percent. And that's the big thing is getting that experience of people getting people together. And Yeah. The lifestyle part of it um there's not many towns in ontario now that that i'm not too far away from someone that that i've hunted with before because of these camps and that's kind of a big deal right like
3: that's cool i guess
4: i guess i should say southern ontario um the, the northern ontario is a whole different beast but
3: uh, yeah so <laughs> there's a yeah. is there a line there
4: yeah it's kind of like a check mark line you know it's <laughs> it gets up into the foresty area and they're like what are you talking about ducks we're after mooses and
1: Got
4: it. Deers and yeah, so but yeah, it's 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 a good time, and the thing we strive for is to make sure everyone leaves happy and and we can't guarantee the birds, but we can guarantee you'll have a good time. That's kind of what we aim sure. for. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. You can you can you can guarantee a you can guarantee an experience that's going to have memories, like because it's all yeah. about the experience. I mean, I've had hunts where I haven't seen a bird, and they're some of my most memorable.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. And then sometimes, like people are, how do I put this? People are gonna be known from something that happened at one of our camps. You know, Triple Threat Hunter, right? Like that guy, he got a nickname from one of our camps, the Triple Threat. You know, and it just stuff sticks, and it and it goes on, and then it becomes part of the big circle. And and we're just trying to big build a big circle of people that just love each other's company. You know what I mean? So. That's yeah. awesome. And but then and I think going back, that's what bird hunting should be, right? It's not like a deer stand where you have to sit there and be quiet and you, you know what, you're in a blind, you can talk to your buddies, you can see these birds coming from a pretty far distance. You can hear them probably shoot the shit, talk to each other, cook something up, have some bacon. That's when they'll start coming in, you know? Right. And
3: that's, absolutely.
4: The duck hunting and goose hunting is a social experience. Let's keep it that way. That's what that, I like that part of it. Right. So.
3: And I think, I mean, I know we talked earlier about me, like really focusing a lot of my season on like upland hunting. And yep I think a lot of the head to do is just because of schedules and timing and everything else. Like I'd reach out and be like, ah, I can't come this weekend. So a lot of like, I was, I went out today for talks and I was alone and I'm sitting there. I'm like, this kind of sucks. Like I love being out. I love being in nature. Don't get me wrong. But the one thing I don't enjoy about deer hunting, and that's why I, I pretty much every gun season, I take the first decent sized deer I see. And I don't really, cause I want meat in my freezer. I don't like the solitude of it. Like, I'm not like this super, like, holy cow, let's go party guy. Like I'm not antisocial, but I wouldn't say I'm the most social butterfly in the world. But when I get in a duck blind, like I want to sit there and I want to just like talk smack with someone like joke around, drink coffee, like yeah. just be idiots, yeah. like safe idiots, but idiots.
4: Yeah. And I know you probably know who Cameron Haynes is, right? Oh yeah. Um, I read his book and I'm thinking like this dude, he's going to the extreme and how could I fit that into duck hunting? Well, you can't really, but you start thinking about it. Like this dude is training super hard and he's walking into the forest until he sees footsteps the last set of footsteps he sees he's like walking for another day and then he starts hunting it's like man my mind would go crazy right like i i don't know man the solitude of that like good for him he can do it right but like for duck hunting you know what it's start you're starting to see it now too you're starting to see these lines of like 20 guys in in blinds right like they're all putting their A-frames out and there's 20 guys there. And it's just like, it's kind of going the opposite of what Cameron Haynes is doing. So it's it's pretty neat. And I like that better. I like the social side of it better. I'm not sure I like the whole, you know, let's see if we can get 50 guys <laughs> yeah. in a straight line shooting a limit of birds, right? I I don't know. That's I haven't tried it, but
3: it could be fun but i feel like in a situation like that it's probably going to be like it's a whole line of people but it's going to break up into groups right like you can't have one conversation among 50 people spread over let's say there's three yards between everyone that's a long yeah so you know it's going to break up into groups but i agree 100 percent. like i upland hunting i love doing i'll do it with another person i'll do it with a group of people but that's one thing i truly enjoy even doing just by myself because you're not sedentary you're immersed i'm watching the dog like i'm a 100 percent involved in that moment like and i don't think about anything else it's the dog it's the forest it's where's my next step going to be i got to get over this i got to get through that wait why don't I hear the dog's bell anymore? And then my watch vibrates dog on point. And now it's a complete mind shift of how do I get to the dog that's 75 yards away through that.
4: Yeah. (laughs) But
3: like, that is about the only thing I really enjoy doing solo. And I'm not even solo because I'm watching my dog do what she absolutely loves. So I'm not even alone. Like my focus is a hundred percent. on watching her work.
5: Yeah. And the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt at midwayusa.com. We understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to midwayusa.com.
3: Yeah, go.
4: No, no, I was just going to say like the same thing, like, I can go duck hunting solo because I have my dog with me and it's not that I'm scared of what's um, I'm on the water and I'm, I'm happy. It's I have the dog with me and I have that companionship and, and I get to see her work, you know? Um, I don't find, I don't take her out in big groups. I don't take her out in groups at all. I'll take her out with two or three guys, but anything bigger than that, she's kind of staying home. She's, she's a pretty hyper dog. She's German wire hair. So she is an upland dog. Sure. But, um, Not a lot of upland opportunities here. So we've been doing ducks and just absolutely loves it. And watching her work and seeing the things she can do is just unbelievable. Like you you shoot, you shoot a bird and it goes 75 yards into thick and you're like, "Ah, I'm not getting that back. There goes part of my limit. And then the dog just like a minute later, like back sitting beside you, like, oh, here's the bird. It's just unbelievable. So, Something special about
3: it. bearded dogs. I mean, I'm <laughs> I mean, I have a griff, I've wired her pointing yep. her on. so um, I would have brought her today, but at 11 with current in these temps, just yep. I mean, I'll throw a life jacket on her. I mean, she swims hard, she loves to retrieve, there's no problems there. Um, but with the temps that it was, I'm just like, no, you're too old. Like, yeah, you still run upland hard, but now we're talking a different beast, we're talking a river with current with sticks yeah. and logs then yeah no like no yeah. if we if i could hunt him in the middle of the summer and i wasn't worried about like like her like joints like she's old she's 11 like i can oh, see wow. like she's got some arthritis like i can see when she wakes up in the morning her joints are stiff and now she's in water that i just broke the ice out of i can just see that like i know when i wake up and it's cold like i can feel it in my bones i can only imagine her swimming it's like no no yeah. that's that ship sailed
4: yeah my i feel bad my dog this year she's normally she's, i don't know what yours is like but mine like when we're hunting she wants she's focused when we're in the house she's like running all around but she does not want to cuddle with anybody in the house just wants to be on her own until it's hunting time then she's just all over you right and for the last couple of weeks it's like you could tell that she knows something's up because we haven't been hunting this year. And she's like, she's starting to get like cuddly and she's like wrapping her head around me, like looking up at me like, are we going to go yet? Like, you know, there's, we, the, there's ponds behind my house and you could see the geese going to the ponds. And my dog's just like, she's looking up with them and barking at them now. And like, like it's, it, she's almost like saying, dad, you got to shoot these things. What's going on. Right. So, yeah. It's,
3: it's fall. It's getting cold. I can tell it's cold. Are we, are, are, are you, are we going to go yet? Like, what do you wait? Like, did I do something wrong? Like what's wrong yeah. here?
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's me. I, I crashed my motorbike and I can't hunt yet. So it's my fault. And she's, I'm starting to feel bad for her. Right. That's, that's the right. big thing. Like, this is what she's bred to do. And this is what she's primed to do. And, and she's held back because something I did. Right. Feel bad for her. So, Yeah. I'm not getting another motorbike. <laughs> yeah, You
3: know, I don't, there's times I miss mine, but I, the number of times I almost went down from inattentive drivers and everything else. It's just, as soon as I miss it, like someone cuts me off and I'm like, I got steel all around me and I still don't like what just happened. Like that happened way too many times on a bike. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I, have you seen those, um, those mud motors that are made out of a sports straight 83 motor the harley davidson motor
3: i've seen a couple
4: yeah i was thinking you know what i can't have a motorbike <laughs> but i could have a motorbike engine and then i started looking <laughs> at it going there is no way that there is a duck within two miles that's going to be asleep after you go into the marsh with this thing like that's just a race boat that's all it would be so. I've
3: I I read quite a bit on those because I was curious to know how they would perform, right? Because I'm dumb enough to build something like that. I used to work on an off road race team. I can fabricate, I can weld. Like I'm dumb enough to build something like that. I read a bunch on it, and it just seemed like they weren't the greatest option.
2: No,
4: but but it still looks fun,
3: right? Right.
4: Throw a twelve hundred kit on it. Let's see what it can find do. A, find
3: a total screaming eagle with a one ten,
4: right? <laughs> like yeah and yeah that maybe i should get a boat again (laughs) so i've been looking at when i was all laid up on the couch i started looking at like because i knew i wouldn't be able to paddle the kayak right away sure so i started looking at mud motor like five horsepower mud boaters for the kayaks and because i want to get out on the new canoe right i was like oh let's get let's get a mud motor there's guys with mud boaters and
3: i'm one of them yeah
4: and then i started looking at the weight to to put it together, and I'm like, I can't even do that, so I think next year that's going to be my plan. I'm going to sell, I still have a couple motorbikes in the garage that I'll sell, and I think they'll turn into some form of mode of transport for the new canoe. What do you got for a mud motor for years?
3: I'm running the SPS long tail,
4: SPS okay,
3: yeah. So that's the mini swamp runner, yeah. So it's got that really, really long shaft, it works yeah. good. Um, I don't have any complaints, I wouldn't say. It's not fast, right? It does like five or six miles an hour. But when you got a bunch of buddies with you that are paddling and you're going through like the lily pads and that thick grass and you turn around and you see them like hundreds of yards behind you and you're like, hmm. all right, now, now it's adding up. Now it makes sense because yeah. you, you're paddling the lily pads stuck. You shake it off. You lose some momentum and you keep going. Like you don't, have, you don't have to worry about that, but that mud motor, you just, and just keep going.
4: Yep. Hmm see i had a mud boat here and i found that nine times out of ten when i was going out hunting unless i was taking a big group with me it was the two new canoes right me and someone else in the new canoes and i wasn't using the mud motor because i didn't really have a lot of places here it's it's there's not a lot of muddy spots to hunt here so i ended up getting rid of that and now i'm starting to think about it like that's the whole point of me duck hunting is having a group out so so i might be getting two more new canoes
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i also picked up i haven't had a chance to try it yet and i know this is over the horsepower rating so being on the new canoe team i we're both I, I could never recommend anybody do this but i did pick up a four horsepower evan rude weedless tin twin okay have you see, ever seen those they've no. got that really funky lower unit that comes down at a 45 degree angle and it's got like a big wedge on it almost
4: and and it looks like a cone is that the one
3: not really a cone i'm gonna i'll I'll find a picture quick
4: yeah i was looking at the eps system right because you could actually put that under the blind sure i was like so i was like okay but then just logistics of getting it shipped and all that stuff just didn't work out and i didn't really know what exactly would fit um but yeah that's yeah
3: i found an old school actual oh yeah so this is like the original ad but you can see it's got that crazy shoe on it yeah so huh. i haven't had a chance to run it i'm kind of curious i know guys that run them on like on like grooming canoes and whatnot so i don't know if i can make this bigger there we go well this is the johnson the lower unit's the same but yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a three horse with a built in fuel tank, but I picked this thing up really cheap used with a four horse. I'm like, well, we'll see how it works. The only the only downfall is it's not a twist throttle. The throttle's over here, and it goes like the throttle. It's not is over here on mine, and it actually like goes up and down in an arching pattern. Oh, so I made like an extension tube for it so I can use like the throttle. So it'll, it's kind of like you run it like like this almost. yeah. And there's no reverse. Like the reverse on these is you literally, you spin the thing around backwards. So the prop faces underneath the boat. I haven't checked the clearance on that yet, but that scares me because it's a plastic boat and you get one little map.
4: Yeah. (laughs) You're sinking. Yeah. Hey, it, they're easy to fix. If you get a cut your boat, the, uh, when I had that, I got an unlimited shipped up here and uh, the shipping company, uh, Canadian side, uh they they hit it it looks like they hit it with like a like a rotary saw or something like there was a big gouge out of it and i was like okay i'll just probably so fork. I
3: filled it. i've seen so many damage with forks from forklifts
4: yeah it it looked too clean to be a fork you know All what right. i mean yeah. like it it looked like someone just took like a circular saw and just like <clears throat> straight across like they're cutting wood and hit it i was like oh my goodness so blake was super helpful i said blake I don't want to ship it back. Like it's everything else is perfect about it. Just tell me how to fix it. And he went through, he's like, okay, you gave me the whole process. And then like a week later is when they posted the video on the, on the Instagram, like this is how you fill in the holes and all that stuff. And then he put the gator patch and it's, it's mint. It's perfect. So yeah, yeah. I've been using it for the two years now. So
3: nice. So,
4: Anyway, the big thing to learn from that, don't get super excited from a purchase and just leave the warehouse with it on your truck and then stop at a gas station and go that's a really weird design back there and then look up closer and go that's not meant to be like that there's light shining through the whole thing
3: oh. <laughs> so yeah my bad yeah so there's you probably couldn't make a claim could you
4: couldn't make a claim because it was you already right through the whole. right already left so yeah my fault but I was super excited kid in a candy store moment. Like right. I got the new boat and yeah, I'm going to go hunt out of this and yeah. So it's, it's a hundred percent my fault. So yeah.
3: The limited so. is an awesome boat. I mean, it's just a great boat. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I, I don't like the fact that you have to put the, the blind clips in. Cause I always forget them at home. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and the other thing, I don't know. Maybe it's just my paranoia, but like the the water troughs, like on on the deck, mm-hmm. um, I haven't taken my dog out on that. I'll take her out on the F12 because the F12 is flat. Right. But I'm just I'm just super worried about her paws getting in that, and just you know,
3: you're not the first person that has said that. And people that I've actually, I, I I've swayed some people to the F12 because they were going to be in there with a the dog the whole time. But like another concern. For me, with in that, with it because along the side you have those the nice metal rails, but then you got the pockets for the tackle boxes, and I'm like, if my dog goes to jump out, funny, I'm like worried your leg's gonna get stuck in there. Like I know what you're yeah. saying.
4: Yeah. That the beauty thing about those paddle handles, though, I don't know if you saw like for, like for Mojo poles, I'll take a conduit, and uh, I'll use that as my extension because it's way cheaper like a 10 foot piece of conduit, like whatever it was, five, six bucks. Sure. That conduit will actually clip into there. So when you're paddling out, you can have your two conduits clipped in nice. for your mojo, for your two module poles.
3: Nice. So, yeah.
4: I like that. That's, that's
3: clutch. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there for you. Cause I had him on the show and we actually have a 10 10 test disc out as PNF 10 right now. Have you seen the swamp stick? I don't I know. Say if, no, I no. don't know if he ships to Canada. Um, no. I'll pull up a picture real quick. This thing is sweet. I, I can't go back to any other kind of pole, to be honest. Um, so it's a two-piece aluminum pole, and it's got this big, almost like spear on the bottom. And then the pole is aluminum, so it's light. And it's got not a twist. It's got a camlock-style clamp, so the pole is adjustable. And what is it? Three feet to six and a half feet in height. Oh, nice. and they also make it with hooks on it so if you do a lot of like hunting like in marshes where you're like knee deep or waist deep or something like that you need somewhere to hang your gun in your blind bag it's got hooks you can shove one right next to you yeah it's huh. it's pretty darn sweet like yeah I've, i that's all i've been using this year
4: huh. i'm interested
3: i'm trying i'm trying to grab a picture good picture right now
4: so the other thing i do is because I'm hunting out of a kayak, I find myself like when I used to have the big boat. If someone's like, Oh, I want to take this, yeah, throw it in. I don't know if we'll use it, throw it in. Right. right now, I try to cut things down to like the bare minimum because anything actually, I mean, I'm 285 pounds, there's a lot that can be cut there as well. But like the bare minimum gear that I can bring, I, that's what I want to bring. And a new product out, have you seen Bluebird Waterfowl? I have not. They, So on your mojo wings or your lucky duck wings or whatever wings you're using on the one side, it kind of goes in between the wing and the, and the decoy itself. Okay. And it has like a little rotating piece that, um, when the wings on, it's spinning a arm that goes down into the water that has a little cup in the water.
3: I have seen that. I just didn't know who made it.
4: Yeah. It's, I'm going to try that out tomorrow if I can get my lucky duck to work. Yeah. Yeah tomorrow's my first day hunting and of course i go and look at all my robo ducks and you know one of them's broken and batteries are dead in all of them right so
3: there's that stick so you can see it's two piece two pieces right here yep and it's and then so it's height adjustable this fits mojo lucky duck and one other one as well and then it's got the hooks on it also you can get it with or without the hooks like this thing is I've been, this thing's been pretty awesome this year for me. Looks nice. It's just nice. Like, you know, when it gets cold and you like, I know you use the conduit. I've been using that, that, like, that lucky duck extension. Um, okay. So you gotta like snap those, all those pieces together and it's cold. The pole's cold. Like your hands are cold. I can't, I can't do that with gloves on. I don't care what gloves I wear. Like I can't work those little buttons with my fingers yeah. So then, like, you're setting all your stuff. Your hands are freezing now. It's like this sucks. Yeah. And this thing was like, oh, just, yeah. Whatever height I wanted at. Like, if I want it super tall, or if I want it like right off the water.
5: Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives, make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top of the line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out midwayusa.com.
4: So I guess it'd be about two years ago. I switched to the floating ones. Okay. And they worked great. But then I was like, ah, then So I like to do everything different than what's going on around me. So I started going to the floating ones and everyone else was still using the poles. Well, now I'm seeing that a bunch of people are using the floating ones again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get poles again. Like the beauty with the, the floating ones is that you could put them on a pole and sure. Right. So like this year, I'm, Oh, that guy over there, they're using two floaters. Well, I'm going to use one floating and one on one on the pole and, and you can switch it up. Right. So it, it does both. So, Nice. I like that.
3: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any, all I've got is I've only got the one. I only use it. I'll bring, I, I, if no one, if I don't have much else for around me for pressure, I'll throw it out. If it's like, a, I only really use it on sunny days to be honest, or really windy days. I feel like it helps, but if it's calmer days, I don't, or if everybody around me is running them, I don't even use it.
4: No. What about Ripplers or any of those I water splashers?
3: I have a Higdon gator. That seems yep. to work pretty good. And for Wood Ducks early season, yep. I can't count the number that I've tried to land on top of it. Yeah. Like I've, I don't know if they're territorial when they feed, but they're almost land on it. Like that's my food. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So, and Mojo just, well, I'm just starting the season now, but like for most people, Mojo released their flock of Flicker 2s this year. So we'll see how that goes.
3: I saw um, those. Yeah, I kind of decide like so. I had another guy on my show, both Swamp Stick and another manufacturer called Quick Coys. I met at um, the Wisconsin Waterfall Expo this year, and I had them both on my show. And I actually picked up one of those Quick Coys, and it's definitely the most expensive motion deco I've ever bought. But it's it's I, so far I like it. Like I don't yeah. like. the design is awesome. It's been working great. I try not to like really promote something until I've like beat up, beat it, like beat it for a year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that swamp sticks, like I can already tell, like you're not going to break it. Like, unless you drive over it, like that one's pretty easy to promote. I want to see the longevity of that quick Koi. Um, I know it's got a warranty and all that, but basically it's, it's a hub with a brass propeller. There's a decoy that sits on top. There's four springs on each corner with like a three foot tent pole that you put another decoy on. So it's got a 20 amp hour lead acid battery and a waterproof case on five foot of cord. You drop it, you turn it on, you drop it in there. That motor runs for 10 seconds and stops. Ten, It's like the the easiest, no messing around um, jerk cord that you don't have to jerk ever.
2: Huh.
4: It's, I, it's, I, I was just about to say, what do you use for a jerk rig? But that sounds like a slick little unit.
3: I don't. Like, no. so in the kayak, I'll, if I'm in my kayak, I'll run a jerk rig because it's pretty simple. But if I don't have my dog and I'm in the boat, like the problem with a jerk rig is like, where do you put the cord? Like, where do you put it? Like, do you put like a pole in front of the boat? You can hang it on. Cause when I got to go drive out there and get ducks, if I don't have the dog, I've cut so many of those cords. I've had them wrapped up in my prop before. It's like, I got frustrated with them. Cause it's like, I couldn't find a good way. I know they work. They work amazing. Mm-hmm if I can walk to get my ducks or if I'm on a shore spot or somewhere in my kayak, I'll use them all the time. But with a big boat, it just got to be so much messing around. Like, like where do I put this stupid string? Like, do we try to drive and hold it? Like, what do we do? And then I I ran into that product. I'm like, no motion, no, mo- like no movement of me jerking anything. No worrying about the string, just turn a battery on, drop it and walk away. And the thing just goes and like all the ducks, like kind of peel back, it stops. They all go for like, it's, it's pretty cool.
4: Hmm. I have to look at that. Yeah. The other solution you have, maybe like you were talking about a pole in the water that you yeah. just showed me a pole with a hook on it. I'm just I know. saying.
3: I could use that. I I've thought about yeah. it. I only bought one. I need to buy another one to be honest. Because I, yeah. I, w- I would consider doing that, sticking that right in front of the boat and just yeah. looping the line on that.
4: Yeah. Then you just got to worry about like making sure you park properly every single time, right? right. Like, go pick up your birds and then you got to come back to the same spot you were at. Like, Yeah, maybe hopefully this uh, battery thing, quick koi thing works for you.
3: I've used it twice and both times have been awesome. It's worked yeah. great. Um, the battery lasts for like five hours. We were hunting a super high pressured spot and we got set up like, we were there early and like I turned it on early because I want to just get set up. It was kind of cold. So I'm like, let's get back. Let's get set up. We'll get the blind set up. We'll button it up. We'll close, the, we'll close the roof. Like I didn't have a heater with it. it. wasn't that cold, but like, you know, just body heat. We drank some coffee and it, it runs for about five hours, but like, it, like we started it so early. I'm like, Oh, I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. Like, yep. like that, like, that will be a run back out and set it up afterwards.
4: Yep, yeah. yeah. That's something that you got to do more of, right? Right. Like, like yeah, I it's... wish
3: Like, I've thought about it and I haven't talked to him yet. He's a super cool guy. Like him and I've had a couple of conversations, like more than one conversation about it. Um, I thought about trying to wire in a mojo.
4: Remote. I was just about to say, like one of those mojo remotes just,
3: it's just 12 volt I'm, i don't know if those modules. Re- i don't know if, i know those modules are six volt but i wouldn't be surprised if that remote's rated for like six to 24 volts like most remotes are like yeah. most electronic things aren't rated for one specific voltage because they use what's available right yeah so i i should look at that to see if i can't wire that in there
4: yeah see what he says too first right right He just told me there's a warranty. I wouldn't be messing with it yet.
3: (laughs) Yeah, But I mean, that's, I I think he'd be good with that. I'll I'll talk to him first and everything. But I mean, really all that is, is a switch in between the battery and his um, master power switch. Yeah. So I don't think it would cause any issues, but I'm going to talk to him about that. And for all I know, he's going to come back to me and be like, we tried that being that the battery's underwater. It doesn't work. (laughs) it works 10 feet away. Like, I don't know what the range is on that when it's underwater.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Ah, it'll work. I have faith in you. We'll we'll see. Otherwise
3: maybe I have to look for more high powered remotes.
4: Yeah. There'll be something on there. Amazon or aliexpress They all have something, right? And you can find, find the good one Canadian or, well, I guess for you it'd be American made, right? That's, (laughs) that's what I always do. like, I want to build this, but I'm not sure if they have it. So then you type in like just a generic thing in one of those two search b- bars and then like, okay, that's exactly what it's called. Now I'll search for the real thing. That's Canadian, like North American made. Right. right I know it'll right. last. So yeah.
3: <laughs> right. Absolutely.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, you gotta be pretty jacked up to get out tomorrow,
4: buddy. I've been waiting for this to go on. And the best part about it is like one of my closest hunting buddies is a doctor. And I was just like, hey man, I can go out Tuesday. And he's like, I'll go with you. I'm like, so, <laughs> like, I, I have a doctor coming with me. The wife's like, oh yeah, you'll be fine.
3: <laughs> yeah. so, well, your doctor gave you the sign off. And then just in case you're bringing a doctor with you. So, yeah,
4: exactly. Like, if anything goes wrong, he's there to, you know, sure. call for help. Right. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That I've done the whole like looking up the, the Temperature's supposed to start at minus two and get up to plus one. And the wind kind of concerned me because when I first looked, like right at shooting light. So shooting lights like almost 720. Okay. And uh, at 720, there's supposed to be like no wind. And then I was like, oh no, this isn't gonna be good. But by by nine o'clock, it's supposed to get up to 18 kilometers per hour. I'm like, okay, now we're talking, that's where I want it. And yeah, you can see the graphic. The graph like shows it's going straight across and then it goes boop, right at right at shooting light no wind at shooting light but then peaks right up two hours later so
3: weird that's yeah just just
4: Just a dip right where that is and then yeah but like the wind direction like everything's lining up and i'm getting out i could care less right right it it could be pouring rain no wind (laughs) and like no wind and yeah 50 other guys i'm getting out it's gonna be a good day first day of the season yeah, so. no, I'm gonna focus on me tomorrow. <laughs> see if you know, I don't want the extra for paddling. Right. It's my first time paddling, right? That's kind of yeah, that's we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so just yeah. just
3: hook up, throw a life jacket on the dog, hook a harness up to it, and let it pull you.
4: Yeah, just throw the ball and say fetch.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah, who, who needs a mud motor,
3: <laughs> right? Just get it done, All right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. So <laughs>
3: Yeah, another one you should look at though. Um, backwater came out with a small three horsepower.
4: Yep, yep.
3: And I saw that at that same expo. I was there because I was working in the new canoe booth with a local dealer, <laughs> and he's also he all he does is pretty much sell duck boats. That's all he does. Yeah. So he's a pro dive dealer. He's a Gator Tracks dealer, Mud Buddy dealer, new canoe dealer, and a Backwater dealer. So he had a we had did an unlimited with a brand new three horsepower Backwater. Yeah. That is a slick little motor. That is a slick mode, like just the way it goes on and off and everything else. Like like the the SPS, you have to like unbolt it and whatnot, not unbolt it, but it's got big twist knobs, and like there's a wrench you should lock it down with. Like this is one pin to take it off. Like it's super easy. Oh man.
4: Yeah, and then that'd be perfect. So I guess I haven't shown pictures of it yet, but like as I've been waiting for the season to go on, I I bought a fully enclosed trailer, a 14-foot trailer. And then I put the two, the two new canoes in it. And then I have pretty much everything I need for duck hunting is in that trailer. And then I left room at the top above the, to either put a a third new canoe or put two mud motors. There you go. I'm really, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's hard getting some of that stuff up here in Canada though. Sure. Like, like you, you almost have to like, yeah, I'm coming down to hunt with Brad and, yeah. I got
3: a spot on the couch for, it. I, I don't even, and I been on the couch. I had a spare bedroom.
4: Yeah. But like come down and hunt and then like, oh, somehow two mud motors showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs>
3: yeah. know just the place that's, you do. <laughs> Yeah. See, that's
4: just it. And it's good to have connections down in the States that know where all this stuff is, right? Everything right. good for hunting is down there. Um, Up here, like we're really fortunate we have Canadian waterfowl supplies and he gets a lot of the stuff in that like real geese decoys for silhouettes you know stuff that I guess Cabela's and that's starting to get their own brand of silhouettes but like for years that's kind of where the go to place Canadian waterfowl supplies they've got everything you need and they're starting to see the market open up a little bit here but yeah it's still it's still behind what I would like it to be so we have a fraction of the hunters too it, it would be hard for a small you know like mud buddy they're they can sell out everything that they make down in the states right it it would be hard to justify getting stuff up to canada i understand right right we don't have the huge base for it for the amount of people that need it they can drive down pick it up bring it back on their own so i understand yeah makes sense but yeah i guess i should caveat this with nothing that i said about Illegal activity is true. I I would never <laughs> subvert the justice system about, you know, taxes across the border or whatever that is. <laughs>
3: yeah. I would never go to, I'd never go down to the States to buy anything.
4: Yeah. And not claim it. Right. Right. That's, yeah. But even like ammo. So the doctor at the start of the season, he's like, yeah, you can shoot a 28 gauge. And I'm like, well, okay. I found, like number six and four boxes of number four, um, so I bought a twenty-eight gauge and it can do three inch. Well, you can't get three inch twenty-eight gauge in Canada. It's not. It's not on the approved list. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, ah, okay, just one more thing that you know you Americans have that's
3: awesome. I'm surprised why. I'm why is the twenty why was the twenty-eight okay but like a twenty wouldn't be. I mean. Is I I really don't feel like there's that much more recoil in a twenty like because the little heavier gun soak up a little recoil or you get to like it, something with a nice kickoff system on it.
4: No, no, like the three inch for the twenty eight. No, 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 gauge
3: no, no, I know. I know. I'm talking about your doctor. That a twenty eight would be okay, but like I'm assuming oh, it has a recoil.
4: He looked at the actual that there's a little chart that he found online, and he's like, the twelve gauge has this much recoil. The 20 gauge has this much recoil the 28 gauge has this much and I'll prove you for that and I'm like okay well what about rifles and he's like no <laughs> so, <laughs> so no yeah. I was you know what I was happy with I was sure, wanting man. a 28 gauge anyway and then this just it was like a sign from the gods to just buy one so when I got, and a, got it I got
3: a buddy that loves it he, that's, that's his that's his favorite duck gun that's a 28
4: man I so I shot it at, we had our two camps and I brought the gun with me and there was an opportunity that presented itself. And I, I shot at the goose and it definitely folded the goose on its own. So I was very happy with it. And I find your, I can pick up the second shot quicker because you got no recoil. And the thing is just, I really, really like it. I have to see what it's like, you know, in a, in a high impact when the ducks are flying by, you know, a flyby shot or sure stuff like that, like see how it goes. But I think with some tweaking, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be my gun.
3: So is that what you're bringing tomorrow?
4: That's what I'm bringing tomorrow until he's going to, he's going to look up all the stuff. And I did all my final x-rays and stuff today. And he's going to, he's going to call me on Wednesday to approve the rest. I'm pretty sure I'll be fine. Sure. But um, yeah, now that I've been shooting the 28 and I did some target practice, it's like, man, I, I love this thing. This is, you know, why, why have the sore shoulder when you can just shoot this and, yeah, I used I'll probably miss even more.
3: I used my 20 a lot this year. I, I mean, yep. I, I loved it. It's, it's worked great, for especially anything like any of my small creek spots or small pothole spots where I know it's going to be birds down less than 30 yards, no matter what. And I want my birds down anyways. I don't do much pass shooting. I would rather no. let birds circle and leave than to take a shot. Like, I just want to see them. I want to make, I want to, I want to trick them. I want them to yeah. be like, all right, we're coming in like, is it the decoys? Is it the calling? Like something made him think like this plastic floating crap on the water. Those are real ducks. Like we're going to go hang out with them. Like that's what Um, I want. Like that's, I mean, nope. I got nothing against people that pass shoot or anything like that. Like, but I prefer like now, like I would rather shoot one duck that was cupped up backpedaling orange feet, just plowed down compared to getting a limit pass shooting on the, on a bank.
4: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. That's and some people talk about like what you think about um, shooting birds that have landed. You know what? You've won that game. You're playing a game. You've won that game and you're going to make that shot. It, I have no problems with it. Right? Do I. Shoot them. You've won. Congrats. Good if job. You, yeah. Then like, birds
3: land in your decoys. You're right. You won.
4: Yeah. Right. Like you fooled the, you fooled the bird into thinking there's no human here and these birds are real. Like what, what else do you want? Right. You know? So yeah, I, I have no problem with it.
3: Neither do I. Neither do I. Well, Dave, I'll give you the next couple minutes. You can shout out anybody you want to sponsors your podcast again. What let everyone know how to find you. And then I'll drop all the links here in the show description.
4: Yeah, no, you know what? Um, I got to thank everyone that, that helped us out with our camps um, real geese decoys cane waterfowl supplies first light new canoe they um vortex optics like i gotta thank them all for that for the camps um they helped us out a bunch i'm probably forgetting someone that it was months ago but thank you to everyone that helps out thank you to the, everyone that comes to our camps um if you don't know about us check us out on youtube punisher waterfowl um check us out on all the major podcasts if there's something you want to see let us know we're there to help um, we're on Instagram Facebook yeah I, I don't really have much man it's it's uh
3: that's a lot right there that's like, a lot right a lot there of su- you got a lot of support just for those just for those camps that's awesome
4: yeah it, it's it's good so yeah
3: I appreciate you coming on hey
4: thanks for having me buddy it's uh it's always good you guys are great you know pretty much everyone on that new canoe team is seems like good chaps. So
3: I yeah. think so as well. It's got that family vibe going on. I mean, yeah. I f- I feel like our us hunters need to stick together. There's a lot of fishing guys on there
4: and that's just <laughs> it. Right. Like yeah, I see all the fishing love, but uh, we need, we need a lot more of the hunting love. Right. So yeah.
3: Well, let's we'll start beating up, beating up Brian with some like, here, here's pictures and just keep dumping pictures eventually. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i i told him that i was going to be doing that as soon as i could hunt we were actually planning so there's now eight guys in ontario that that are now hunting out of the new canoes awesome and we were planning to do like this is the first year that a lot of them had their new canoes and i was like all right guys we're going to do a hunt this year together like thanks for picking up on what i'm putting down about these things and then of course i kind of hurt myself and yeah. <laughs> couldn't paddle but yeah you still
3: got some season left though you got like a month in it you got over a month
4: yeah, I kind of want to do it more of a fair weather thing where we can actually sure. use it as teaching and, and almost like a seminar. So I think sure. next year with everyone, we're going to pick a weekend and just meet up. And it's just going to be, a, you know, eight new canoes wide and see how many ducks we can get. Right. I think and, you can, be... and
3: you can run around with your mud motor and pick up all the birds. Right. So, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. well, I, I, I appreciate you coming on, Dave. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate, I appreciate all the listeners for tuning in and until next time, keep chasing that experience. Hey, thanks. Before we... Oh, oh I, do you like that? That was a quick, that was a quick double tap.
4: No, that's, I was just going to say before we go, Brad, I
3: think, yeah. uh,
4: I think I've been on the podcast for you guys a few times. I think it's time you come on ours.
3: I'm game. You say when?
4: Yeah. Thursday. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk, buddy.
3: <laughs> Thursday's a holiday for us.
4: What? Really? Thanksgiving oh right you guys don't yeah you guys have a weird thing and black friday that's huge that's a that's a holiday down in the states right
3: it is black friday is out of control i will be somewhere hunting i do not take part it's always crazy it it is weird though like we'll we'll finish up the show eventually but it's always (laughs) weird though (laughs) like i'm going out in the morning to go duck hunting and normally i duck hunt black fridays and like there's all this traffic at like 3 30 or 4 in the morning i'm like what like this is ridiculous
4: yeah and have you seen that meme going around like no. me me going duck hunting at 3 a.m yes seeing another car hmm wonder what they're up to <laughs> like, yeah it's good but no come That's, on our yeah it's time for you to come on our podcast buddy i think it'll be a good time
3: agreed i'm in 100 so good. can't do this thursday but next thursday i probably in game i don't know good. if you do it weekly
4: yeah it's weekly we we film thursdays and and release mondays so yeah we'll talk about it more i just wanted to put you on the spot while i was still on the show and thanks for yeah. restarting it for me
3: yeah <laughs> i didn't know i could do that i'm like oh we'll just shut that off real quick yeah <laughs> good well appreciate you coming on dave and for those that tune good. into dave's podcast you're going to see me there shortly it sounds like so yeah good until, until next time everyone keep chasing that experience
2: thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and finn
1: Watch Waypoint TV's Great Outdoors Month celebration presented by Battery Tender every Tuesday in June from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Join us for land management tips, family hunts, and conservation-centric films as we show our appreciation for the great outdoors.